to see the families. I get to see the family makeups of the kids that are in our region and our county. And I got to tell you, it's meaningful to me to see what really is going on out there when you pick these kids up at their houses. There's families that kids are engaged actively in after school activities. There's kids who are not engaged in after school activities. There's kids who have opportunities and there's those kids who really don't have a lot of opportunities for no no other reason than mom and dad have to work. And uh, these kids are largely just trying to do the best they can. And um, so when I bring that to the job and I began to work with our different departments like children and youth and behavioral health. And you begin to see the interaction between the county and the people that we serve. Um, it's helpful in this job and it really brings real life issues to the table where we make decisions every day. I'm concerned about our future. I'm concerned about the ch children of our future. I'm concerned about the senior citizens who my mom and dad now are senior citizens. I myself am going to be 61 come December. So I guess I'm classified as a senior. The quality of life that I saw as a young boy here and the quality of life that I see now, I want to continue to build on that. And I want to continue to have better opportunities for those who want to live here, those who want to work here, those who want to raise a family and retire here. And, and that's what I bring to the table. And I'm, I feel very vested in our area because I have six kids and six, 16 grandchildren that live and work and are going to school right here in our own community. Yeah. Now I'm hearing from some residents about the tax increase. How do you plan to address some of the concerns I'm hearing from homeowners, renters, and business owners who have experienced a sudden increase in taxes during this period of you having here of high inflation? So one of the things that we've seen in the past and one of the reasons why we actually did a reassessment was the fact that all the property values were tied to a 2004 um, assessment. That's the last time we did an assessment. So people equate their assessed value going up to a tax increase, where in reality, uh, there was about a third that stayed the same, a third that went down, and a third that went up. Now, that third that stayed the same wasn't a total zero in the middle. So some of them went up a little, some of them went down a little. But those values that were tied to a 2004 assessed year were more and more incorrect as time goes on. As you can as you very well know, the price of housing has gone up. The price of building has gone up. And so what we saw was that when we had a house that was just recently built, but it was tied to a 2004 assessed year. In other words, the house was assessed as though it was built in 2004. Those values were not accurate for an assessed value. A house that was a million dollar home down around the lake was only assessed for about four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. So they didn't carry their burden of taxation. And it was unfair to others who were carrying more of a burden because millage rates had to continue to go up to get the revenue we needed. So we did that countywide reassessment and simultaneous to that, without us being able to plan it, um, more and more people moved into Wayne County. And actually, that happened as a result of the pandemic. It happened as a result of people are more looking for a quality of life now. And a quality of life in Wayne County, I would say, is second to none. We really have a great community. We have great people and we have a great place to live, raise a family and retire. The housing stock that's out there as people move in and buy up these places, we got fewer and fewer houses for sale. So... The property values are holding their values. The property cost of a house is becoming more and more. I actually have a very good illustration of that right in my own family. 
a couple of years ago, my daughter and my son-in-law sold their house, thought they were going to buy another house. That deal fell through and now they're looking for a home and everything they look at continues to increment more and more to the point where, you know, you, you, and, and not only that, it's the interest rates that have moved up more and more. And it just makes it very difficult for a young family to uh, purchase a place. And, and it's concerning me. One of the, one of the other illustrations I have is I was just recently in Lancaster and had bought a tractor down there and, the, the, the people who sold me the tractor said that anywhere in Lancaster, property values are $50,000 an acre. I have another good illustration of a, a buddy of mine who's a county commissioner out in Center County. And or I'm sorry, Union County out by Bucknell. And he said anything 50 acres in a house, anything 50 acres in a house is over a million dollars and people are buying it. So what, what we see happening really when you step back, and we just did a housing study, in fact, that we're going to use to try to make some improvements here. But when you step back and look at a bigger picture, what's happened is people are moving out of the cities, not just New York, New Jersey, but Philadelphia, Boston, New York, New Jersey, Pittsburgh. You know, these people want to move to the country. They want to have a quality of life. They want to live where their kids are safe and where they can go outside and walk the streets and enjoy and, and have some wilderness around them. And that's what we have in Wayne County. So my fear, and I think it's a reality, is that the cost of living here even though relative to all these other areas, it's low, the push will continue to increment our costs here. And that's worrisome. The best we can do here at the county is to try to control costs to the best of our ability, provide opportunity to kids that are getting out of school, not only to uh, be able to be trained in some vocations uh, where they can maybe not take on so much college debt, where they can go into a career pathway that provides them a great future financially and with the quality of life, and they could stay here in Wayne County and we don't lose them to other places. That doesn't mean there isn't a room for those kids that are academic achievers who want to go to college and be doctors and lawyers. And right now we have a huge shortage of doctors and lawyers in our area. So I know that the hospital is looking for people. I know that the local bar association is looking for lawyers. So we have a lot going on here where there are opportunities for our next generation to stay right here and engage in the workforce. And as long as we can control costs somewhat, I think they got great opportunities here. I saw a statistic that PA has lost 30% of its workforce to addiction and or mental health crisis. Given the significant workforce losses to this uh, issue, how do you plan to ensure that the affordable treatment and mental health services become more accessible in Wayne County? And what outcomes do you hope to achieve with the Recovery to Work project? I can give you a bit of a background there, too, because we've been engaged in this for quite some time. For probably six years now, we've been working on a recovery to work model that takes into consideration all those needs and all those addictions and all those places that really need to be in place to treat that. And so... At one point in time, we were actually working to try to get a facility located up at the property. We had a lease with the uh, state that we thought was going to be a workable lease until we read the very end of the product that they sent us. <clears throat> and in that lease, there was a poison pill that if uh, they decided to close the facility at any point in time, they would take acquisition of all buildings and assets that we placed on the property, which meant we could no longer take advantage of that lease. And we started to pivot and look for other places. The same time that all that was happening, Governor Shapiro then was the attorney general, and he actually was in place and in play in trying to go through the opioid settlement with the opioid companies who had inadvertently got people hooked on drugs because you have back pain, knee pain, surgery, whatever. 
And it wasn't only illegal drugs, it was legal drugs. So there was money available through the opioid settlement. And there still is, quite frankly. And so when we pivoted and we tried to put this recovery to work at another location in Waymart, we were met with a lot of, I guess, I don't want to say hostility, but people not wanting to have a facility located in their area, which is a big problem. I I have a family, too. I understand, uh, you know, when you talk drug addiction, when you talk behavioral health, when you talk, people have a a negative uh, outlook on all of that when it really isn't something that they need to be so concerned about because the people seeking treatment and the people looking for help are people who are really pretty decent people. They just want to get their life back on track. And I think we're still looking for a place to locate a facility. We do have other providers in our area. Uh, Little Creek is one of our providers that uh, people on addiction or with addiction go to, and they have a great outcome. They have a great facility down the other side of Hamlet. We're going to continue and pivot and try to look for places where people can get the treatment that they need. And one of the things that we looked at is not just the fact that there's statistics out there from the state. We looked at the fact that when we talked to our county coroner, he talked to us about people who were addicted, who were committing suicide and falling prey to some pretty bad situations. And we know ourselves that I had a friend, a very close friend, who had a son in a correctional facility right here in Wayne County, put him through a drug treatment program. And he came out and a few days later, he was found, passed away to his own demise. It truly is a bad problem. It truly is something that people need to try to accept. First of all, that we have a problem. Second of all, that we have to treat that problem. I think that the courts have been acceptable to the fact that um, it's more of a sickness and not just something that you should be incarcerated for. And I think we started with people who are incarcerated, putting them through a drug treatment program while we had them, you know, as a confined audience. Uh, but that needs to continue. Once you go home, if you're not going to leave the area and you're not going to completely turn your life around, and that's not so easy to do. If you're going to go back to your friends, if you're going to go back to your family, if you're going to go back to your job. You're going to go back to a lot of the same things that created your issue to begin with. We really need to take a look at how do we treat this in our county with our own people and, and and we're actively working on that. It's just not so simple to get those things in place. And really, it's not so much the money because when we when we said we were going to have this facility, we had a lot of people who are philanthropists put money into trying to help us create that. The Community Foundation put money toward it. The Weinberg Foundation put money toward it. We actually had uh, over $10 million to try to get a recovery work uh, facility in place. But you have to find that place that people won't just shut it down because of what it is and what we're trying to achieve there. But it's very much on the forefront of all of our minds, and we are actively working on it. You mentioned a little bit about the pandemic and people moving up here. Um, the pandemic has really shown the importance of high-speed broadband internet in the county. Can you speak on the strategy that for expanding broadband access in the areas of Wayne County that currently lack this really crucial infrastructure? And how do you plan to utilize the available federal funds to achieve this goal? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, again, uh, for 10 years now, and I've been in place that long that uh, we've had a technical committee and this techn- technology committee through a group that we formed, Wayne Tomorrow, has met and met constantly. And we've had about three or four different consultants now trying to find the best way to move forward with broadband. The problem in the past was the fact that the evolution of broadband is such that we don't want to be a sacrificial lamb and have spent millions of dollars in the wrong direction and 
then you find out that technology has just ran right over you. And all of a sudden now there's a new pathway and what you've spent money on becomes functionally obsolete, right? That's everybody's nightmare. So this new consultant that we have uh, has gone a long way to try to help us find a pathway forward. And things have evolved to the point where really the best pathway forward is fiber to your home. And um, that's where you're going to get your best speeds. That's where you're going to get your best reliability. And I think that through the process and the application process of accessing the funds that you're talking about here this spring and into this summer, we actually were able to take advantage of all the work that we had done in the past, come up with some applications for uh, this money that were really meaningful and really could put together some, uh, I guess, forward thinking broadband for the future of the people of Wayne County. The problem that we're going through right now is, again, it's always hurry up and wait. We were rushed to put these um, applications together, although we were fortunate we had all that background information already put together. But once we put the applications together and thought we had great applications, then there was um, a challenge period where broadband providers could come in and look at the information you used. And actually, there was maps put together at the final hour uh, from the people who did the census and um, octagonal census portions of the county, and they decided, you know, who was served, who was underserved, and who was unserved. And there were parameters that went along with each one of those categories. And big providers came in and said that they're interested in the project too. They also put into applications. So we don't know yet what's going to happen out of this challenge period, who's going to be successful, who's going to not be successful. But we feel that regardless of who the players are at the end of the day, broadband is going to be expanded in Wayne County because we are a rural area, that there is finances available to expand broadband in Wayne County, and that the people of Wayne County will be better off and better served at the end of this process. A lot of work has gone into it, and now we're in a holding pattern. And believe me, it's difficult for someone, particularly like myself, who came out of the dairy industry, And this has always been a challenge for me. So when I took this job over what I was doing in in the dairy farm, when there was a decision to be made, the decision, it was quick. And I always say that when I walked in the barn and there was a cow that was tangled up in a neck chain, um, you cut the chain, you saved the cow's life. You didn't have a board meeting. You didn't didn't sit around a table and discuss how what's the best direction to take here. You just did what needed to be done and you made a decision. Not so simple when you're working with taxpayer dollars. When you're working with a lot of different providers, when you're working with application processes that are complex, these things take a lot more time. Even though I sit around the table and really chomp at the bit, just like the rest of us do and want to get something done, you're encumbered by all these processes that just take time to get through. At the end of the day, I do think we're going to have a lot better broadband. It's just we're we're waiting on decisions at a higher level than what we can just make ourselves. In what ways were you engaged? You mentioned about raising kids here. What ways you we engage the community to ensure that the vision of Wayne County as a great place to work and raise children and strong vocational education and well-paying trade jobs become a reality? There's a lot going on by a lot of different groups with kids at a very young age to get them engaged in activities, after-school activities, sporting activities. And I think the more that we engage our youth in interaction, And not just in the classroom interaction, all different things, pop-up clubs that they have for kids, citizens that care, our tutoring groups for after schools. The Poop Ridge over here has a dozen different programs that they have for children. I think that 
we look at the curriculum of the kids and we talk about as they get into the middle school and as they get into the high school, how do we engage them and find where their real talents are, where their ambitions are, the things they like to do over the things that they just have to do. I think we're helping to guide our kids toward career pathways now more than we ever did in the past. And not just career pathways, but those other activities that they really enjoy, which also helps them in the future eat toward their quality of life. But I think one thing that we've done in Wayne Highland School District, and I know that they're doing it in other school districts, is we get kids involved in career pathways. Uh, we have an agricultural curriculum in Wayne Highlands where kids can go into uh, this agricultural cu- curriculum with an agricultural teacher. They're learning science, math, technology, all the things that are associated with agriculture, but also associated with career pathways. Um, you know, other schools are doing aviation. I know Juan Paulpack has a good mechanics course. And right now they're moving kids around from school to try to match them up with their ambitions and their accomplishments and the things they want to do in life. But I think more and more it's recognized that Wayne County is one of the counties and only one of two, I think, that doesn't have a career technical center. So I know that uh, Joe Adams, who worked here with us as a county commissioner, is working very hard to try to put together some finances. Um, I think that you know, sooner or later, we'll see that a career technical center does come to fruition here. And that one thing that's important with the career technical center is, again, it extends that after school activity and the interaction and the uh, curriculum and the career pathways. And it gets kids involved in um, going into a career where they may not have to go to college and incur a lot of debt. One of the problems that I see in our own community is Kids get out of school, they're suffering from having way too much college debt, and they're really struggling to find a career or a job that will help them just pay their college debt. And that's not a good thing. We know that we need electricians here. We know that we need plumbers here. We know that we need everything. And again, all the way up to doctors and lawyers. So it's not to say that there isn't room for those kids with the academic ability to go to a four-year college or a six-year college, an eight-year college. And and come back and get those jobs that may pay for their college costs. But but you got to provide it across the board. So it's it's something that's a pretty broad spectrum. When you ask that question, what are we going to do? There's a lot of things we're doing, and there's a lot of things we're working on. And and again, it's not just the county commissioners, but they have our support, they have our um, appreciation, and they have our help when they need it. So it's it's hopefully building a much better future for the young people of Wayne County. Now, finally, Brian, why should folks vote for you over any of your other opponents? I know it's four people running. You have to pick three. So why should folks vote for you again and reelect you? I think that all the things I've laid out here today, I still feel uh, very active in the community. I feel like I do still represent the needs and the struggles of a huge population here in Wayne County, a huge cross-section of the population. And I can relate to them and they can relate to me. And I think my ability to communicate is second to none. And I think my ability to look at the county and recognize the things that really need to be worked on is something that I've shown from year to year for my tenure. And I really don't look at the other people who are running for this position as opponents. I look at them as people who want to do a good job too. They obviously care about the community. That's why they want to get involved. I don't know anybody here that has got any other ulterior motives than, you know what, we got a great community. Let's try to improve on that community and let's just try to do the best we can for the people that we serve. I just want to thank everybody else that is running at the same time for this position because it's a sacrifice to get involved 
with county government. It's a sacrifice to get involved with any level of government because it truly does take up your time. I could tell you from the time that I've been a commissioner, you put the hat on, you wear the hat. That means you take calls at night, take calls in the morning, you're calling people on the weekend, people are calling you. And if you truly care about your community, that does not bother you. You just do that and you do that because you care. And I think everybody else that's running is doing it for the right reason too. So again, I don't look at these people as my opponents. I look at them as people who truly care about the community and want to do a good job too. We'll talk to Brian Smith and come in running for the Wayne County Board of Commissioners. Thank you so much for talking to us. Let us know your thoughts on the issues that are affecting Wayne County. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. That was Brian Smith, one of two Republican incumbents running for re-election as Wayne County Commissioners. There are four candidates for the three commissioner seats in Wayne County. The two Democratic Party candidates are incumbent Jocelyn Kramer and challenger Michael Dougherty. And right now we're going to Sullivan County, where folks are running in the legislature. Coming up, we'll talk to Brian McPhillips, challenger running in District 3. But first, it's Legislative District 4, where the challenger in that race is Mary Allison Farley. I'm running for a seat on the, of the legislature. It's actually District 4, representing a good portion of the mammocating. And I'm running because of the disarray that I've watched taking place up at the legislature in Monticello for the last three and a half years. I never planned to run for political office. That was just not on my list. But because of that disarray, I felt it was time for me to step up. And as far as the vision for the future of Sullivan County, I would mention a focus on a diversified economy and there. I'm actually quoting a word that Mark Baez, the longtime president of the Partnership for Economic Development, uses. We have really grown in the tourism, but we do need to grow in other areas. I would be looking at helping to grow businesses that don't negatively impact our amazing natural resources in this county, and I'd also be looking to help grow local businesses. And at the same time, we need to make sure that we have access to excellent quality health care. It's, it's, a, it's a large package, and it, it requires a group of people at the legislature working cooperatively, working for the community good. Rural health care access is a critical concern in rural places like Sullivan County. What initiatives do you propose to ensure that residents in remote areas of the county have access to quality health care services? First, I would say we need to bolster what we have. We do have an excellent critical access hospital in Calicoon. That's part of Garnet now. They get very high ratings for their quality of care. At our northern eastern border in Ulster County, we have Ellenville Hospital, which is another critical access hospital. Again, very high quality. Our Sullivan residents use that facility as well. And what I really think we need to do overall is work with the providers that are here. That would be Garnet and the major providers, Garnet and Crystal Run, and really work with them on the services they're providing and that they continue to provide. We need that acute care hospital in Harris. We need a hospital that has treatment beds for people dealing with addiction. That unit was closed a number of years ago. We probably want to think about a mental health unit there. And then Crystal Run, let's not see the Rock Hill facility going away. As I've 
read and experienced, they've been cutting staff there and making, to some extent, patients are getting routed to Middletown and uh, over to their Monroe Goshen area. We don't want to see that. Sullivan County has given these healthcare organizations a lot of support financially over the years, tax breaks, especially Crystal Run. Let's see them keep offering these very needed services. Also, as far as like the western end of Sullivan County, again, it's collaboration, just like we mentioned with Ellenville Hospital. Let's collaborate with Delaware County. They have a practice in one of our western towns, if it's Roscoe or Livingston Manor. We need to collaborate in an area like this where resources are so limited. Collaboration is a key word. Now, Sullivan County relies heavily on tourism with the hope of Woodstock. How do you plan to boost tourism while addressing some of the concerns some of the residents may have who have been impacted by the increased visitor traffic? Good question. Again, yes, traditionally, Sullivan County's base, economic base, has been tourism. We've seen tremendous efforts and really effective efforts by our visitors' association. We have a prize-winning visitors' association and director. They've done a wonderful job focusing on outdoor recreation and some of the other resources, venues we offer, like Bethel Woods. Um, So I would say let them keep going with their efforts and traffic, routing traffic to me is not, it's not rocket science. When I go to Bethel Woods, I feel like, gee, there it wouldn't be too hard to do some different routing here. So get the experts in traffic control working on specific local things like we have with any kind of a concert or get-together at Bethel Woods. I'm not picking on Bethel Woods. There are probably other spots as well, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's something that should remain a, a real snafu for long. Now, let's move on to housing. Given the scarcity of new affordable housing or housing developments in rural areas, especially for low-income families, how do you plan to ensure continued accessibility to housing for all residents in Sullivan County? I think we need to get creative. Some of us who are running on the for legislative candidates on the Democratic and Sullivan United, Mamagating First Independent Lines, we heard the executive from Westchester County talk to us about some housing initiatives. Uh, one, one thing that was suggested is that we invite experts in affordable housing who've worked in the Hudson Valley, Westchester, invite them up here, do a Google call, where we and our leaders promote what we have to offer them here. So again, reaching out to developers of affordable housing who've been successful at it, that's one way. Offering incentives to homeowners, you have the, you could do a tax incentive. This has been used elsewhere for a property owner who adds an accessible unit for renting as long as the property owner is living there full time, they can get a tax break. We need to do these kinds of, bring in these kind of creative measures. I'm interested in watching in Ulster County, the latest project for the Nevelys, the former site is moving along and it's for resort, also private houses, but also housing for the workers there, which is truly I think, a really innovative approach. That's how I would look at it going forward. 
Let's turn on to an unfortunate news here that Sullivan County, as you may well have known, has currently has the highest opioid overdose rates in the state, excluding New York City. Do you believe the county is currently taking enough action to address this issue? And what additional measures do you believe can be implemented? And how do you plan to contribute to the the positive change in this regard? Unfortunately, I think many of us in the county have seen a fairly recent breaking story, which was, I think, disturbing to many of us, and that was that this current legislature had been sitting on more than a million dollars that was allocated to Sullivan County specifically for opioid treatment. It came in from the settlement with New York State from the pharmaceutical manufacturers of opioids. That money came in free and clear, and this legislature sat on it for more than a year in spite of this great problem have here. And I must mention my opponent is the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee. He could have stepped up and gotten, spoken to his colleagues, spoken to the chair, said this is unacceptable, but he did not. And I don't know how the story broke, but apparently it's now starting to move. That speaks to the fact that we do have organizations and agencies that are able to deliver these services, such as Catholic Charities. They have a great reputation. There are still actual treatment centers that have beds for people who need to stay there in in recovery. Those programs need to be supported financially as much as possible by the county. So, again, as a legislator, I would be looking at how we distribute that budget money that's collected from the taxpayers in Sullivan County who want to see their family members, friends, some relief from this problem. And they are also concerned about public safety. So how you allocate funds in the Sullivan County budget would be a key answer to that question. I would, of course, be looking at funding going over to Health and Human Services, where, again, the county has... Uh, departments in place that can assist with 